0: Well, hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. And joining me for today's episode, which again, recorded remotely, are Autosport.com F1 Editor Jonathan Noble, Autosports Technical Editor Jake boxall and GP Racing Executive Editor Stuart Codling. How are we all? And Stuart, you'll be pleased to know that when I come to my script, I've got a nice space between G and P and racing so that I get the title particularly correct
2: a space
0: yeah just to make sure i don't say i don't know just get it wrong (laughs)
2: jip racing as if uh, umi back's giving me some jip or something like that exactly yeah we're great uh here obviously mrs coddling and i um working from home in perfect harmony that's why the door behind me that you can see on the video here but the listeners can't see because this is a podcast is shut and if it moves we're going to be gate crashed by cats in the bbc news style
0: Right well let's let's get down to our discussion for today's episode. I mean as the news about coronavirus and the lockdowns that has led to a dominating news bulletins and social media everywhere. We thought we'd start by talking about something uh, you know completely different just take take people's minds off it. Let's 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 try and have some non-negative news at the moment which I think will do everybody a lot of good hopefully. Uh, we'll come to discussion that involves motorsport's ability to help in this time of crisis later on but as I said let's start with something else and that for this episode is eSports. We mentioned the rise in interest in online racing uh, on last week's episode. But now it seems that almost every major championship in motorsport seems to be launching its own series, which I think is great. Uh, Last weekend, there were two virtual Bahrain races. There was Veloce Esports, not the GP, or not the Bahrain GP in that particular case, which is produced in partnership with Motorsport Games from the Motorsport Network. And then there was F1's Virtual Grand Prix that also took place on the Bahrain circuit. With these series, there's a number of current and former F1 stars involved, as as well as some famous faces from outside motorsport. uh, With McLaren's Lando Norris, as we'll come on to later on, particularly prominent. Uh, now our team at Motorsport Games has been pretty flat out in the last few weeks. It's fair to say. I was chatting to Andy Gray from the team earlier on today. Uh, and in addition, to, in addition to the not the GP initiative with Veloce, uh, Motorsport Games is running the eNASCAR Heat Pro League in conjunction with NASCAR itself. And just regarding that very quickly, the 2020 event is currently in its pre-season, with the drivers racing to qualify for a draft, where they will be picked to represent real NASCAR teams in the full Pro League later this year. Now that in particular involves some some quite unique challenges. The uh, the broadcast operation of that of that series is is, is run from the UK. Uh, And that shows the feed of all the drivers that are racing in the US as well as three commentators that are recording remotely over there without delay. So it's a pretty big operation. Uh, Coming up this weekend also for Motorsport Games, we've got the Le Mans eSports initiative, which is having another qualifier event. Uh, And Motorsport Games is also working with Veloce on its Pro Series Championship. So yeah, judging from my conversation with Andy earlier on today, which was particularly interesting, the team are working very hard to try and bring more events to your screens in the coming weeks. So watch this space, and indeed listen to this particular space, as we'll be recording a special episode of the Autosport Podcast with the team from Motorsport Games next week, just to try and give you a bit of insight into into how that all comes together, and uh, and and you know currently what involves what is involved in bringing an esports event uh, to life to people's screens, and also at the moment just to encourage people, which is particularly important right now, to stay in their homes to make sure we can help as everybody uh, wants to do and hope to beat the coronavirus as quickly as possible so that was me talking for a very long time which hopefully didn't put anybody off uh but bringing things back to formula one and the bahrain grand prix which we sadly didn't get to watch for real last weekend what did you guys make of the virtual f1 racing that took place last weekend
2: well, it was interesting, the, the short snatch that I was allowed to watch, because I, I negotiated with Mrs Codling to put it on, and I have to say she wasn't hugely impressed. Then again, she doesn't particularly like Formula One anyway, so uh, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a score draw there. It, it It was interesting. Obviously, they had a few technical problems on the official F1 thing, but Lando Norris kind of saved it by being very, very amusing on Twitch. And um, al- although I am, yes, a middle-aged man, I have to confess that I, I do subscribe to his uh, Twitch channel. So uh, I-, I do see him uh, on-, on my Xbox doing his uh, his thing in-, in a way that um, I can only aspire to. He's got a proper SIM rig at home and I have a sofa and uh, hand controller and generally have to s- set my fastest laps with a irked cat sitting on my lap wanting me to sit still.
0: That sounds like quite the handicap. Now, John, you you've been you've enjoyed esports for a number of years. What do you make of the of the racing that you saw last weekend? Was it of a good standard for you? It,
1: it was it was different because I normally play um, Gran Turismo. I Went to the world finals last year in Monaco, and you know when you're dealing with the, the top pro sims, you know they're operating at, at a different level. I think what we saw on Sunday was was more kind of fun racing, uh, especially the the virtual Grand Prix when you know a bit of a crash fest at times and some, you know, technical problems and Lando's, you know, banter on Twitch. Um, The Veloce Motorsport Games one had more pro sim races in it and was a lot more serious at the front, Um, but I quite liked it. I think it was also good that for three hours on a Sunday, you know, all F1 fans have been robbed of any action since testing, really. You know, we're all sat down, we're all watching together, all staying at home, all chatting about stuff. And it was good just to, you know, switch off from wall-to-wall coronavirus news for a little bit uh, and focus on some racing.
2: I think that's quite an important point there that Johnny raises. That it's it's not just the the watching of the esports. It's the conversations that people can have with each other, either with their friends or random people on Twitter. And it's it's encouraged people to talk rather than just bunkering down and uh, avoiding the news.
1: Any of us who followed Formula One since we were kids or work in Formula One, our entire life's been dictated by a schedule that you know marches. Is- You know, as as we go hit spring, we get Australia, you know, Monaco's in May. We know where we are in July for the Silverstone. Our whole life is ebbed and flowed with races and seasons and the year has been defined by events. And now suddenly we've got nothing. So it's just a weird time to be at home. So to have these these events kind of brings people back together again and gives us a, a focused discussion point. Um, which I think is one of the other positive benefits that we can get from this kind of big boom we're seeing now in gaming.
0: Now we mentioned Norris there God, as you mentioned uh, Norris, he's he's really coming to the forefront in this surge of esports interest. I mean he was massively involved in it as well before that beforehand, uh, including with Max Verstappen as well. Huge numbers of people watching his racing on Twitch uh, and he gets, uh, as as I was watching, he gets other drivers. He called up uh, George Russell at one point and got other McLaren personnel involved Now John, we know he's quite a character from his time in the paddock Um. But is this new development in the boom in esports bringing that home to new people with clips of his antics all over the all over the, all over over the social media and the internet? I know you wrote a column for Autosport Plus and Motorsport.com Prime this week about Lando.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think for him it's nothing out of the ordinary that I think he's been doing. He and Max have been racing, you know, online for years and years now. So what he's doing he now... crashing
0: into each other at the moment. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of crashing into each seeing. other.
1: But I think they, they've been crashing into each other in the past as well. But I think what's happened now is it's reached a new level because there's no... You know, proper Formula One, no proper racing going on. This is this is all we're getting getting to see. So people are now paying more attention. So what he did on Sunday, you know, he's he's done in the past, but I think it, it reached a reached a new level. Uh, and what I quite liked about it was that it was all prompted by his followers. That this wasn't something he'd prearranged and did. His followers were egging him on. Um, you know, the fact that he got I mean, more than a hundred thousand viewers on his Twitch channel at one point. You know, the, the figures for the Veloce Motorsport Games thing was were roaring away. Um, lots of people, more people are paying attention now. And this is a real opportunity for um, you know more attention to be focused on the, the sim racing esports side of things.
0: We had a total of 2.5 million views uh, across all, all accounts on YouTube and Twitch for the Veloce Not The Bahrain, Bahrain Grand Prix. Engagements uh, were over 1.3 million. Which is amazing, and the the, the live stream peaked at two hundred sixty thousand people. So that is a lot of people. You know, that's that's not far off, sort of F one actual figures on 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 subscription channels, right?
2: Yeah, it's not far off, and it shows that there is an appetite for it. I've, obviously, when whenever we publish esports stories, you uh, and, and, and tweet about them, we often get a little bit of negative feedback from people, particularly the uh, shall we say the older members of the F one media fraternity who think it's all a load of nonsense and uh, don't mind sharing that opinion. But I I think the the numbers suggest that while there are a few negatives out there, they are far outweighed by the number of people who are actually interested in it and, and see this as something interesting and positive to do and something that they can get involved with at home
0: indeed part of, part of me wonders whether or, or not wonders I just I just I really feel that that's just the overwhelming negativity of sites like Twitter and, and things like that where it's just so easy for people to just I don't know whether it's the taking out their frustrations obviously at the moment it's almost understandable thing people are feeling very negative but just you know thinking in the in, in normal climate to just go oh well it's rubbish why would I pay attention to that and it's like it's, it's, it's about sort of filtering through that and just making sure that the people that are really going to be interested in this aren't put off or anything which
1: hopefully they're not I think think You know, sim racing is an easy thing for the people to dismiss that it's, you know, kids stuck in their bedrooms and playing it. But uh, it's the one eSports that requires the same skills as the real life counterpart, you know, pedals and steering wheels. Um, You know, you play a football game online. You aren't kicking a ball. You play a golf game online. You know, you're not swinging a club. So this is as close to the reality and sim world as you can get in any sport. Uh, I think once you start playing it, once you start digging into details, you know, I find it, you know, such a draw when, you, when you're when you playing and you'll find those final two, three temps and you're working through it and it just opens up a whole new insight into, you know, what skills these top line F1 drivers are doing when they're having to do this in the real world.
2: Yeah, I was hugely excited when I did a sub four minute lap of Le Mans in the, in the Le Mans eSports uh, qualifier a few months ago. <laughs> despite the fact that I was in a prototype and should have done it in three minutes 30 but hey
0: yeah Toyota won't be calling anytime soon codders they've uh, called me a few things in the past I mean you, you work for one of the, for a magazine that we that, that, that used to be done for uh for Toyota correct
2: I did indeed and as a leaving present in past life they they gave me a rear brake disc from a TF105 which might even be in this room the I'm in at the moment
0: so it's not displayed prominently in your house then
2: mrs codling didn't really see the point in having an item like that on prominent display
0: perfectly understandable no I
2: goes in the sorry. man cave
0: yeah john just going back to your point about how this is like a, it's, it's an esports e- that it is you know especially with the current setups the rigs and things like that, it is just using the same skills as as, as drivers would do in real life obviously without the sort of the danger element of it um what what I sort of liken it to a little bit is is when Formula E started. The reason why I started to pay attention to Formula E way back in 2013 when it was forming was the the drivers that were were signing up to get involved in it, and that to me that to me is is a really big draw. You've got people, as we say, Norris, Verstappen, but then you've got you've got motorsport drivers from all over the world in all different series coming together on these platforms and racing each other, and you know I think that's 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 something that we should we should really pay attention to.
1: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a golden opportunity now. For, I think people are seeing you know, a, how popular it can be and B, you know, drivers are rising to the challenge and thinking, Oh, maybe, you know, this is something I've dismissed in the past. Cause you know, I'm racing every weekend now. I'm not racing in the real world, but I still want to compete against other people. So we saw, um, you know, Nicholas Latifi had his first proper run last weekend and did a great job in the, the Veloci motorsport games event. Um, you know, quickest real world F1 driver against the, the pro boys. Um, making big improvements and i think it shows that <clears throat> these guys are willing to dive in they're willing to have a bit of fun and i think it'll open their eyes as to why people like lando and max you know are doing this every weekend because it keeps them sharp um there's a social element to it and above all else it's fun
2: we're going to see more of the pro drivers getting involved as in real life racing drivers simply because in general in my experience they are both highly competitive and have incredibly short attention spans. So another couple of weeks of lockdown and they're going to be bouncing off the walls at home like some sort of deranged experiment in Brownian motion. So they're going to be really, really wanting to get involved.
0: But obviously not all of them, in fact, relatively few of them signed up to take part in the the F1's own uh, Bahrain event last weekend Max Verstappen in fact ruled it out almost on technical grounds John can you explain a little bit about why he didn't want to take part in that championship
1: well I think I thing this proves how, how difficult it is to be properly quick um, in sim racing that most people think yeah you can just dive in and within five minutes you'll be lapping on the pace but it's not like that so you know all the different game platforms have their own skills their own tricks their own handling characteristics and it takes time to dive in and work out you know where these final even three seconds are um and I think max is someone who's not going doesn't want to just turn up and have a bit of fun and end up at the back he's in there to win um he doesn't play the f1 2019 game regularly um so i think he felt it wasn't right for him to to dive in because he he couldn't win whether he, he changed his mind over the next few months as more and more drivers jump on board um we'll see but um i think his his thing is proof that you know if you want to be competitive at this it does take time it does take effort and you need the the proper skills to do it
2: You don't want to be the one person left not taking part. Do you remember the original Formula One game where all of the drivers were listed apart from Jacques Villeneuve? Was it Driver X or whatever he was called? He was being a complete prat about his image rights and basically made himself out to be a prat because he was the only person who didn't get involved in
0: it. That doesn't sound like Jacques Villeneuve at all.
2: Silence gives consent on that one. We're all (laughs) nodding.
0: Yes, Sally. Yeah, we 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 have talked about hopefully um, maybe recording one of these uh, one of these remote sessions if that if that's such a such a thing can be organised. But uh, we will have to talk to our producer Martin about that. Now, um, not all the major championships are using the sort of play seat rig setups that we that Lando Norris and Max have uh, Max Verstappen have made sort of famous. MotoGP, for example, is is using its uh, sort of traditional games con- games console controllers for its version this weekend. Now that's understandable for MotoGP. But JBL, I know you are particularly disappointed to learn they wouldn't be riding in inverted. Commas, static bikes along like along the lines you might see in an arcade somewhere back in the in fact in the 90s or 2000s oh well, we or spoke about still today i don't know
4: yeah we well, talked about this the other day um there's a fantastic scene in an it crowd episode where moss is in the arcade and he's on one of those motorbike games and he's going hell for leather on the sort of not like the bucking bronco as such, but the motorcycle kind of rig, if you like. And it got me thinking, you know, why can't, why can't it be like that? I know it's a a big bulky bit of equipment, but surely with MotoGP's funding and, you know, all of these drivers being on vast sums of money, this could be done. This is something that could definitely be done. Um, And then on a sort of more whimsical basis, why can't we have Sega Rally esports? I don't know. Um some kind of more arcade style esports situation would be I think quite fun for everybody involved, I would say. As long as you don't have to put twenty Ps in incessantly just to get another turn.
2: Showing your age there, I think it's
1: a quid nowadays. <laughs> JBL, you you do know there are more modern computers than a ZX81.
4: As of recording, I'm 26 (laughs) years old. I think that even predates me. JBL suffered an R-tape loading error there, I think. (laughs) that. (laughs) That's me when it comes
0: to when it comes to following a script, um, but I was ju- just just thinking really again it's, it comes back to my experience from from working in Formula E or covering Formula E. They they incorporate esports into the actual schedule of a, of a race weekend. They've got um they have a, a whole a whole setup where all the drivers have to take part, and they they set qualifying times, and then there's a race that takes part with a certain number of the drivers against uh, against actual fans at the event. And in fact, I know I I hope I'll be all right with, with revealing this, but they actually had to introduce a rule. Uh, which which meant that um, the driver that set the slowest time would have to commentate on the actual race because they wanted to avoid the drivers going well I don't have much time on my hands so I don't really want to take part in this thing next day sort of just 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 encourage them to you know to take it seriously but not 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 that they weren't completely taking it seriously but you know the, I'm sure the odd driver was uh, was particularly focused on getting their uh, getting their Formula E car set up for a one day event but. Do you think that could be something Formula One could could introduce to sort of drive engagement at, at an event? I mean, I know that particularly in twenty twenty, as we'll come on to you later on, events might have to be compressed. But in the future, when there's when there's when there's time, maybe we'll see some, some esports
4: involved in an event. What do we think about that? Well they've got some rigs in the fan zone. Um, it's not a very serious event at all. It's like three laps against a couple of fans. And I remember back when I was working for F two and GP three, dragging drivers down to the down to the fan zone to go and be involved and race on these play seats was always a particularly arduous task. And it would get to about, I don't know, three o'clock on a Saturday after all of the races are over and they've got to go and do their appearance. They'd be hiding in their garages or they'd run home to avoid it. So I think it's something that needs to be worked on. It's something that I think you could at an event push a little bit more because it's not something that a lot of people know about. Um, yeah, some kind of more serious championship, for example. So they do their obligations on track and then they get in the sim rig, have like a inter-team competition or something like that. I don't know. Um, it's definitely something that they could work with a little bit more.
2: If they all have to do it, if it's made mandatory, then they may go a little bit grudgingly, but they'll still go because what one another important part of racing driver psyche is that not one single one of them wants to be made to do something if they think that another driver doesn't have to do it it's like why why should i do it when he isn't doing it so if everyone else is doing it like you said alex with the formula e thing if if they have to if if whoever's being unwilling has to do a forfeit then that really will give them an incentive to be part of it
0: Absolutely. Now, I just want a very quick question for for the cyclists among us. I think that's particularly Codders and and, and you, John. Sorry,
4: JB. How is your cycling? Do you, you uh, go out on a bike? I, I've I've ridden a bike before. Um, that that is about the extent of it.
0: I I think the one of the one of the ultimate esports idea, which I think I really do think they should introduce. Sorry to go massively off topic for the Autosport podcast, but you should introduce an esports turbo trainer stage for the Tour de France or for an event. So you just you that that, that you could actually. You could actually have on, it, on on those platforms, you know, Zwift, Peloton, whatever. Get the actual pros showing, you know, competing on a turbo trainer just for just for a little bit. That 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 adds a real competition into the into the virtual world.
1: Ziff's already doing pro races um, on some of its fancy worlds. There was a Bologna time trial from the Giro d'Italia that they recreated. So it, it started moving there. Um, I think the difficulty is recreating a two hundred kilometer stage. Um, be quite a difficult thing to 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 map that but there's definitely um i think they're moving yeah I much think you'd, more... you'd, have, you'd have to
0: do a short one wouldn't you
1: yeah moving there is a lot more move now towards actually racing online and um because i do zwift quite frequently and um join races try and end up not last but um yeah it's quite good fun
2: british cycling have introduced an initiative to uh encourage people to- do more cycling virtually at the moment and they have a a race set of races on a Tuesday and a set of time trials on a Thursday virtually and I did the time trial uh, yesterday lunchtime I was 181st out of 237 people and uh, I did the 10 miles in 29 minutes which is probably... Uh, not too far from what I would do a ten mile time trial in real life uh, at this sort of time of year when you're just sort of getting back into it after a winter off. So it's it's not that far away from from real life performance. I've but just joined Swift in the, in the past week or so. Uh, I'm not as advanced on it as Johnny, but yeah, it, it's it's very good. It's 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 a good it's entertaining in, in its own way. It's not like riding a bike outside, but in an environment where we're all being encouraged to to stay at home, uh, it, it's the next best thing, really. And it's actually quite nice to um, be part of a virtual ride with people from all sorts of nationalities. There's I was riding with people from Australia, New Zealand, Greece, Italy, Denmark, and you sort of give them a wave. You can press a button to give them a... To, raise your elbow at them which is another acknowledgement in the cycling world so I, i'm really enjoying it so um to see professionals getting involved with it as well even on a casual basis has been very interesting a lot of the stages in the the tour of watopia that's going on at the moment are being led by pros i think andre greipel was uh, leading one just yesterday
1: electronic doping as well because i think there was one recent swift yeah. competition where a- there was the
0: british champion or something I, yeah it? i can't remember the details but he
1: he'd he'd managed to rig getting one of the best bikes by um manipulating the the system to um not actually cycle the cycle the rig himself but getting the computer to do it so he completed lots of miles that he didn't do in the, the real world um and it's quite a hard thing to to, to judge if you're rigging the system from the, your basement
2: it's, it's basically the the in-game currency is based on distance completed so if you can i don't know Get a load of mice on a treadmill or something and and get them to complete that distance for you. That's what this the the equivalent is what what this guy did. He 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 rigged up some sort of mechanical system to fool the system into thinking that he'd covered a lot more distance than he actually had. And he then got all the best equipment. Because as as you know, cyclists are obsessive about having the best gear and the lightest bike, etc. etc. Uh and so he got himself a nice rig and uh went on and the, the, the disappointing thing is that He's actually he he was he was a very fit individual and and very competitive and would have been very good in, anyway. He just wanted to get that unfair advantage
0: the cost of winning and what people will do to achieve it very lance armstrong there i think anyway we have we we have gone completely off topic so let's let's return to motorsport and and to formula one but just finally just just to just to re-emphasize again that the real value of esports and you know in in all kinds of sports as as we talk about with cycling but it's about at the moment what we can really do to help staying at home and making sure we avoid uh, what social interactions we can when it comes to the uh the appalling situation with coronavirus let's have a bit of a chat now about uh some different formula one news um one one piece in particular, uh, McLaren uh, announced that uh, it switched to Mercedes Power in twenty twenty one is still on despite the changes we discussed last week about moving the introduction of the new cars back to twenty twenty two. Now I don't think that will have come as too much of a surprise because the you know the contract with the deal was already done. Um but what challenges in particular do we think this will give to the team when it comes to putting a new engine into the MCL thirty five chassis? Well,
4: the thing is when you put a new when you put a new power unit into the car, there's always a bit of an issue when it comes to fitting that engine in, um, because the, the mounting points are completely different for, for suspension. Cause you have the gearbox and the, the engine package have all of the ancillary cooling components and other powertrain components as well. So the mounting points to the chassis are different. The mounting points to the suspension are different. Um, your cooling package will be different. And so you've got to make all of these accommodations for a completely different power unit supplier. Um, that you know, this MCL35 hasn't been designed for, it's been designed to take a Renault. Um, and so when the the regulations were announced, um, or rather the, the rollback on the regulations were announced and that we would be running 2020 cars in 2021, people perhaps started to ask the question, okay, what does that mean for McLaren? Because they've got to make all of these considerations in the design that we wouldn't expect them to be able to make. It seems that they can make them now, um, it seems that they're going to be allowed special dispensation presumably on the grounds of safety because you know if you don't mount it properly you've not got the right structural integrity in the chassis so yeah you do have all of these different considerations that you have to add but ultimately commercially it was never going to be cancelled um, they- yeah they've got permission to change things so for them that's absolutely fine I guess
0: so with that, with that permission in mind, it's not going to be a case of what we saw with Braun back in 2009 where they were just sort of crowbarring in the Mercedes to fit what would have been, where the Honda power plant would have gone then.
4: Well, that was so late in the day, wasn't it? And they'd had this late rescue deal and they'd had offers from, I think, Ferrari as well. Um, but the Mercedes was the closest fit to the Honda from what I remember reading at the time. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not going to be crowbarring in because they've got a year to do it rather than a couple of months turnaround. So ultimately it should be fine for McLaren it shouldn't be too much of a compromise but we'll have to wait and see I guess.
0: In other positive news about McLaren all their personnel that remained out in Australia after the uh, aborted Australian Grand Prix in quarantine over coronavirus where one of their team members tested positive are back in the UK now so that's really really nice to hear Um, and now of course we we should mention the latest updates regarding the coronavirus crisis and how that's impacting the 2020 Formula One season so John perhaps you could just run us through the latest uh, updates regarding postponements but also what F1 the latest indications coming out of the championship about when the season might get underway and just how feasible that might be.
1: Yeah, we've had we've had such a run of race cancellations. I can't remember when things got cancelled and at what point. But at the moment, um, the next scheduled F one race is Canada on June fourteenth. Um, but they need a decision in the next one or two weeks to decide what's happening. And I think the problem is it, with, it's such a fast changing situation. We don't know when the you know the peak problems are going to be for various countries because. You know, some countries are, you know, ahead. China's ahead of, you know, where Europe is at the moment, and America seems to be a little bit further behind, and Canada's a bit behind that. So we can't tell when each country is going to have its individual problems. So I think it's very, very hard to, you know, be firm of where things are going. Chase Carey put a statement out last week saying he still believes we could get 15 to 18 races in. Uh, I'm not quite sure that's a, a realistic prospect and may well have just been put out there to keep. You know, shareholders happy because they're obviously trying to look after the, the the stock market price. You know, and obviously Silverstone's not far on the horizon. We've seen the Olympics have been cancelled, and they were they were set for the the summer. So I think as we, as we move on, I expect more races to get to get called off. Um, and you know, at what point they come back on? I mean, we, we can't tell. The world changes so fast um, these days. Um, but I think everyone's difficulty is it's going to need a long run up to commit to a race. And if you're a race promoter, you're not going to risk want to spend 20 30 million dollars on hosting a race that could then get you know abandoned like australia was on the before even a wheels turned
2: the only ones that are shall we say a little bit firmer maybe a little bit more likely are the ones that have some sort of government backing and don't necessarily depend so much on ticket sales so the likes of azerbaijan um which doesn't have a huge amount of paying spectators, and it's it's a government project. That is a race that's more likely to have a, a commercial reason for taking place, simply because um, the, the the government wants to advertise that its country is open for business and the The success of the Grand Prix isn't measured in in ticket sales, whereas Silverstone it it needs to fill the place with people in order to to make the event wash its face financially. So, un, until we we scale down um the social distancing measures, uh, if, events like the British Grand Prix simply cannot take place.
1: But the thing is, Sil- Silverstone would be one of the easiest Silverstone would be one of the easiest ones to take place because it's local for a majority of the F one teams. So you're not not having to travel personnel across hubs and, you know, across difficult countries to, to get through. But uh you know, as you say, it needs a full full amount of spectators in there to justify going ahead. So, you know, these two battling um, you know, contrasting reasons for races to take place and, you know, it'd be hard for liberty to, to be sure on which events which events they go for.
2: And they obviously want to host as many races as they can because it's a heavy, heavily leveraged business, um, they borrowed a lot of money to buy the commercial rights to Formula One. So they need to be bringing money in, in order to not default on their debt obligations. And there are an awful lot of businesses out there that are carrying leverage that are saying that they might default i think you know, cineworld the cinema chain says if this carries on that they're, they're going to default pretty soon and i think other businesses are in the same boat
0: what about the idea of having condensed f1 events if 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 a calendar can be formed and it is feasible to do so would a sort of a, a a one or two day format help things just just get into a country hold the race and get out as soon as as soon as possible with all sort of safety standards maintained
1: yeah absolutely i think that's the that's the only way we're going to get any any semblance for season done this year you're going to have to there'll be I think realistically there's going to be a late call on when when we can start it and that will depend on social distancing having come to an end and lockdowns having been uh, lifted in various countries Um, and it will be the which governments are doing that first Um, and also then no danger of the lockdowns coming back in as the because I'm sure there'll be a resurgence of the virus and it'll ebb and flow as we go away so you'll have a short condensed calendar and I think the only way you'll be able to to get back-to-backs and triple headers and even quadruple headers on is if you're having a two or even one-day event, so you you know you rock up, you get the race done, and you you get out basically. Um, any event that has a long build-up of you know. Weeks travel out there like Australia, you're risking more infections, you're risking trouble for teams, and you're just risking a repeat of what happened in Melbourne. Uh,
0: Now, in this week's Autosport magazine, as we come to our final topic for today's podcast, uh, you can read the magazine digitally while obeying all and any restrictions that are in place wherever you are regarding social contact. Uh, But the cover feature is all about how motorsport can actually help to fight COVID-19. Now, JBL, you helped me put that, that feature together. So I just wondered if we could just briefly talk about how it is motorsport teams are almost uniquely, well, maybe not uniquely, but are particularly set up to make a positive impact when it comes to potentially stepping into supplying some equipment or designing equipment and and improving methods that might be useful to governments facing shortages right now.
4: Well, yeah, as you said, we did work on this feature together. Um, and of course, you spoke to Roddy Basser about the demands that him being formerly of McLaren Applied Technologies, which is kind of chairing the motorsport side of developing ventilators and that kind of thing Um, motorsport is perfectly set up for this because it's an industry that requires hugely quick turnaround times for new parts and that kind of thing and although we're talking high performance parts rather than you know ventilators and other hospital equipment the bottom line is still the same and sure they require a few changes to the formula Um, for example in f1 they're massively set up with autoclaves and things that can produce carbon fiber parts at the drop of a hat but what they've also got is rapid prototyping or 3d printing as it's also known and they can produce plastic parts in a hugely quick time um they've got cnc machines uh in in great quantity to produce molds for things so if they wanted to produce plastic parts they can do that very very quickly um they've got so many things. They've got engineers that are incredibly bright. They've got all of these CAD packages. They've got various other simulation systems as well, so they can test the structural integrity of all of these things so that, you know, they're not going to break or they can deal with any loads that are being put through them, for example. They can do all of these things. Um, And, yep, sure, a a ventilator isn't... It's a sort of pretty standard boilerplate piece of equipment, they can produce these in perhaps not massive numbers because formula one team isn't, is used to sort of quality rather than quantity. But if it can help this general relief effort and get all of these, bring the country up to the sort of ventilators that it needs rather than existing in the shortage that we're currently in now. So that if this outbreak worsens, we have everything that we need, then formula one will have done its bit. And yeah, as I say, it's, industry that thrives on this level of pressure and this level of we need to do something now let's do it and the factories are perfectly equipped to do that and we, we
0: should also point out that it, it, it's not just Formula One, you know, it's, it's motorsport teams that have uh, may have that equipment in all kinds of categories, but also, you know, uh, the Envision Virgin Racing, the owners of that, the Envision group over in China are, are committed to building, uh, you know, turning their resources to produce face masks. Um, uh, the family that controls the Ferrari and its various interests uh, are donating money and, and ventilators uh, to, to Italian authorities. We've got supercars teams saying, look, you know, we can build these, these equipment as well. So it is sort of, it's an all-round impact that the motorsport world can have. But as you mentioned, yeah, I did chat to, to, to ruddy, and it was a really a fascinating insight into just what these how these guys can apply their their particular skills to a to a crisis because that's what that's what that's what motorsport is about to a certain extent it's you find a problem how do we how do we fix it in the in the quickest and and most efficient and best way possible uh, and what Roddy was saying was it was just, it wasn't a case of you wouldn't just get a team of motorsport engineers and go right build me a ventilator from scratch that it's about working together with the existing people that have got the knowledge to come up with the best possible solution and that's really another area i think motorsport can try and because if we take the formula one example in particular it's about that sort of teamwork and getting you know various big bodies of staff to work really closely together to 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 win on the racetrack that you know that that they can take a they could take an impact in sort of Managing operations and getting various different teams from maybe different companies round to just to work together, and, and and that would be that would be particularly useful. But also their logistics. Formula One teams have got a you know got to send masses amount of equipment and people around the world. So improving sort of supply lines and things like that, which is a very big topic at the moment. Just how we keep these countries moving during an economic shutdown. It's certainly a certainly an interesting way that motorsport could potentially have an impact. Um, it's not to say you know that, that they've got the best and the, and the ultimate ideas or whatever, but as you say, it's about it's about everybody doing their bit, even if it's just a simple as we've said earlier on in this episode about staying at home and you know not not making sure and making sure that this this virus doesn't spread any further than it has done already if we can
2: yeah for me one of the key takeaways from that feature very good feature by the way lads, very good work um, you, was um when when roddy said um, made the point that it's not a case of Formula One people or people from the motorsport industry going in and saying this is how we do it in motor racing. It's about respecting that. the the The, the phrase he used was domain knowledge, wasn't it? You, domain you, knowledge.
0: You, he 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 that several times about the domain knowledge being being the being the, the you know the thing that has to. Well, that's the starting point, basically.
2: Yeah. So it's it, it's it's not a case of imposing uh, your own. A collective ego and your own body of expertise on, on an area that you don't know anything about it's it's about learning uh about that area and and seeing what you can do to help whether it's through simulation or rapid manufacturing so we're going to see these kind of hybrids of of, of motor racing methodology and the the whatever goes on in, in these spheres already uh, and and hopefully that sort of fusion of knowledge will enable them to accelerate the manufacturing process
0: good well okay well thank you very much guys for joining me on this latest episode of the Autosport Podcast and thank you very much uh, to you the listener for, for tuning in and, uh, and being with us I hope we're all staying safe and happy and as well as we can be during these particularly uh, challenging times um, you know as I said you know sometimes uh, escapism distraction is about is about is what motorsport is all about or what all sport is about really so uh you know if you want to take your mind off uh, what's going on in the world do head to autosport.com motorsport.com check out our news our features our analysis in autosport plus and motorsport.com prime and yeah just just generally uh you know stay safe stay at home enjoy esports as i said we'll be bringing you a dedicated podcast with the motorsport games guys next week to find out how they uh, how they're producing these events and yeah just generally uh, just generally be nice to each other enjoy enjoy what we can And carry on. So, yes, thank you, thank you, John, thank you, JBR, thank you, Codders, and uh, we'll see you soon for the next episode of the Autosport Podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash trilomusic.
3: When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text CLAY to 203203. Text CLAY to 203203. Or go to Bosley.com. That's
4: Bosley.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.